Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So someone sends me this article yesterday, and inconveniently, as if the Lord Almighty was inspiring me to read it, saying, Dan, read this. You need to hear about this and tell your audience about it. Not, a, But a few minutes later, someone sends me the same article and says, hey, have you read this? Uh, it's an article about artificial intelligence. And because I never like to bury the lead in the show, if you believe the article, we're all going to die. Well, what? <laughs> why would I? T- I, I'm not a dramatic guy. I was one of these guys who believed we could control it. It'll maintain itself in a computer. We can write rules. Like, remember RoboCop? RoboCop had those sets of rules you couldn't violate. You will take all the orders from whatever. Yeah. Are you sure we're writing those rules? The article freaked me out so much. It's probably the first article, definitely since Guy's been here, that we're using one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight screenshots from. Because every one of them is going to toast your muffins. Let's not waste any time. Today's show brought to you by Relief Band. It's got me through chemotherapy, ladies and gentlemen. You turn it on, you turn it up right there, charge it over there, super simple. You got to check out Relief Band, their new sport version. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband. It's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines. That's what Paula uses it for. Hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. My daughter uses it on the boat. The Relief Band Sport makes sure you never have to take your Relief Band off. It's the first ever waterproof wearable of its kind. Plus, it's rechargeable. And it'll last about 30 hours on a full charge. And the Relief Band Sport can seamlessly attach to a smartwatch, so you don't need to choose between wearing your Relief Band or wearing your smartwatch. Folks, this got me through uh, chemo. I was nauseous pretty much all the time. You just turn it on, and it would go away for me like that. There's no other way to explain it. It's why I enjoy having them as a sponsor, because it actually works. So with summer travel around the corner, you want the best way to solve your nausea? Check out Relief Band, their new sport version. We've got an exclusive offer just for Dan Bongino Show listeners. If you go to reliefband.com slash Bongino and use promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping. Head on over to reliefband.com slash Bongino and use our promo code Bongino for 20% off plus free shipping. It's a great product. Thanks, Relief Band. All right, Joseph. Let's go. No artificial ingredients here, brother. None. No, this is 100% authentic. This is authentic human intelligence right here, whatever you guys think of it. Now, let me just say in advance, uh, Producer Gee is absolutely uh, in love with this topic of artificial intelligence. He reads up about it all the time. But uh, I found he's been pushing me to do stuff like this for a while. But uh, again, I, I like to apply the Bongino rule longitudinally, not just 24, 72 hours, wait for a story before you report in detail on it, because it'll probably change. Uh, there was a lot of alarmist stuff out there about AI, and I tend to believe that people write alarmist articles like you're all going to die for one reason. What do you think the reason is? Clickbait. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Joe. Clickbait. This way to click on it. Uh, not this one. I want to remind you of this first. I, I'm a Christian. Uh, some of you are, some of you aren't. I'm not your preacher. However, I will remind you that uh, the book of Genesis says, quote, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest, thereof thou shalt surely die. Folks, uh, are we consuming the fruit, the tree of knowledge? 
Are we going somewhere we were not supposed to go? Now, if, you know, if you're not a religious person, I understand you'll probably gaff this off, but that doesn't change what I'm about to tell you. There's a single most frightening article I've ever read. It's by, it's, forgive me if I'm saying the name wrong. I screw up names all the time. Eliza Yudkowsky. Eliza Yudkowsky is an insider in the AI space, someone clearly familiar with the science and the technology. He's commenting here an article that came out March 29th, so not that long ago, and has since gone, I don't know, gone viral, nuclear, uh, no pun intended there. It's everywhere now. And again, some I read, it, I read about it in the Wall Street Journal yesterday where someone was like, hey, have you read this article? The journal piece was like, everyone's freaking out over AI because of it. And then someone sent it to me a little bit later and said, hey, have you read this article? It's in the newsletter today, bongino.com slash newsletter. It's called Pausing AI Developments Is Not Enough. We Need to Shut It All Down. I want you to keep in mind, this is an individual inside the space. It's not a tomato can. It's not some outsider randomly throwing in a few thoughts on the subject. He's basically saying we've lost control. Literally, everyone on Earth will die. AI doesn't even know how to care about you, even if you tried to make it care about you. And anyone writing the rules to control AI is allowing AI to write the rules to control itself. I don't know, but that sounds like a problem to me. Let's dig into this piece. And you should read every bit of it, and you should send it to everyone in your circles. First, from the piece, they note that many researchers steeped in these AI issues, including the author, expect, expect, that word's doing a lot of work here, folks, folks that, that the most likely result of building a superhumanly smart AI under anything remotely like the current conditions and circumstances is that literally everyone on earth will die. Hold that. that uh, Gee, why didn't you send me this article sooner? You love this. That sounds like a problem. It sounds like, no, 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 leave that article. Don't even change that. That sounds like a problem. You see, if I'm a researcher on a deadly Hanta-like virus that we've turned into a respiratory virus to kill everyone on earth, and I tell everyone, you know, we don't really have security parameters in place to control this thing in the lab. So literally everyone on earth could die if this gets out. I'm going to call for stopping that because that sounds really bad. That sounds bad. It's bad. Yeah, thank you, Joe. He also notes, not as in maybe possibly some remote chance that everyone will die, but as in this is the most obvious thing that will happen. What's the thing he's talking about? Gee, any, any idea? Everyone dying. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about in hit. He's talking about literally everyone dying. His words, not mine. <laughs> it's okay. Okay, let's let's go on. Let's go on. Never used eight screenshots from a piece ever. Well, today I got some video in between for you too. Because I'm telling you why no one's going to stop this. Because the Democrats can weaponize. Get to that in a second. He goes on, Eliza Yudkowsky, and this it's pieces in time, by the way. Without the precision and preparation, the most likely outcome is AI that does not want what we want and does not care for us nor for sentient life in general. That kind of caring is something that, in principle, could be imbued into AI, but we're not ready and we do not currently know how to imbue it in the AI. Absent that caring about humans, we get, quote, 
The AI does not love you, nor does it hate you. And you are made of atoms it can use for something else. Now, again, an analogy for the people out there who think this article is exaggerated. Because I've, I've done a decent amount of, I am not an, 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 an AI scientific expert on the topic. However, I am a human being who is clearly following what experts on the topic are saying. This is what, what smart people do and stupid smart people don't do. They don't pretend that stupid smart people pretend they know everything about everything. I don't know everything about this topic. So these people do. So I've been reading on this after last night, all day and all morning. And as it turns out, this guy's not the only one saying this, that it's not that AI wants to kill you. AI doesn't care about you enough to want to kill you. It sees you as potential fuel, a group of atoms it can use for a different purpose. And no one even knows how to imbue into the AI, which I don't know, fellas, sounds to me like a problem. Nobody even knows how to imbue into the AI a sense of caring where the AI would give a, about you. <laughs> That's right. A lack of subjectivity is right. It's mine. This article gets worse. Here's a third screenshot from this piece. The likely result of humanity facing down an opposed superhuman intelligence is what, fellas? Uh, you want to read that with me? Is a total, total loss. loss. Total loss. Joe, sound bad still? It's still, yeah, it sounds bad. Valid metaphors include a 10-year-old trying to play chess against Stockfish 15, Whoa. the 11th century trying to fight the 21st century, and Australopithecus trying to fight Homo sapiens. For those of you who are anthropology majors, pre-humans were Australopithecus africanus, Australopithecus, various derivatives of the Australopithecus, Neanderthals, until we get to Homo sapiens sapiens today. Folks, I got, you know, a while ago, I, I spoke to you about my dog, how my dog Lucy is incapable of understanding physics and advanced human concepts. You know, that's obvious, right? It doesn't require me to tell you that. You know that. Yet I want you to think about what the author of this piece is saying. Again, the guy's an insider in the space. He's not some, you know, ham and egger. They just brought, hey, you know anything about AI? Not really, but I'll write a piece for you. He's saying, imagine creating a, an advanced intelligence, thousands of times smarter than you, that views you like you view your dog. Except, what's the exception? You actually care about your dog. Artificial intelligence isn't even capable of caring about you. And the people designing it don't even know how to incorporate into the program basic components of human empathy or sympathy so that it would care about you and not potentially kill you. I'm going to get back to this piece in a minute. There's more here. But there's another enormous issue here. Because these warnings, this piece has gone around, folks. I don't want you to think political players and others haven't seen this. Like I'm the only one who's seen this. Oh, look, I've got this piece. Someone wrote. That's not the case. This was linked in the wall street journal yesterday in a Jerry Baker piece. People have sent it around. It has been viewed hundreds of thousands of times. People know there are significant issues with AI. 
So why aren't we stopping it? We're not stopping it for a number of reasons. Number one is our own ignorance and pride. Hence why I opened the show with the tree of knowledge quote from Genesis in the Bible. We have this endless desire, despite the warnings in front of us by God or anyone else, to not consume the fruit from the tree of knowledge, to not step where humans shouldn't go. We have this endless desire to do it anyway, even though we see the warnings right there. But there's another more mercenary reason, a more acute reason happening right now. There are very powerful people interested in propaganda who've learned that the advent of social media and the internet allows them to spread pop propaganda far more efficiently than in Joseph Stalin's Soviet Union. We've seen it with the left. We've seen it pre-Elon Twitter in Facebook with fact checkers, with the media. Propaganda is their thing. Donald Trump uh, with the Russians helped uh, steal an election, a fake story that about 50% of Democrats probably still believe. That's the power of propaganda. Ladies and gentlemen, you think the propaganda business is bad now? Wait till AI, artificial intelligence, and the spread of chatbots and elsewhere can answer every question, and every single answer to every question is told to you through a socialist lens, through a, peak, a preconditioned set of answers. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to play some audio and video from David Sachs, a very, very smart guy, guy who knows a lot of the technology players out there. Let me ask you a simple question. If you're going to feed and pump into AI endless bits of information all day as it gets smarter and smarter, that the cancer and the plague on planet Earth are MAGA conservatives. Those three opening paragraphs I played from the show, played from the show, are they, are they even more disturbing? What goes into AI is what you're going to get out of it. You feed into them that these MAGA conservatives are insurrectionists and threat to the planet. They're burning the planet to the ground, the same planet the AI lives on. You think we got a problem? Now, do you see why I think there's going to be no concerted effort whatsoever on the left, despite the dangers to shut this down? The politics of using AI to attack conservatives are blinding the left and big tech acolytes and sycophants right now to the dangers right in front of their face. I want you to listen to this. I got two cuts here. Number one from David Sachs, very smart guy, very well connected in the tech space. Warning that the same thing with that's happening with Twitter and these other places, with these Twitter safety people that say, oh, no, 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 we got to discriminate against conservatives for safety reasons. The exact same problem is happening right now with artificial intelligence. This is why Libs will do nothing about it. Take a listen. Sometimes ChatGPT will give you an answer that's not really an answer. It will give you like a one paragraph boilerplate saying something like, I'm just an AI. I can't have an opinion on XYZ or I can't you know, take positions that would be offensive or insensitive. Uh, you've all seen like those boilerplate answers. And it's important to understand the AI is not coming up with that boilerplate. What happens is there's the AI, there's the large language model. And then on top of that has been built this chat interface. And the chat interface is what is communicating with you. And it's kind of checking with the, the AI to get an answer. Well, that chat interface has been programmed with a trust and safety layer. So in the same way that Twitter had trust and safety officials under Yoel Roth, you know, OpenAI has programmed this trust and safety layer. And that layer effectively intercepts the question that the user provides, and it makes a determination about whether the AI is allowed to give its true answer. 
By true, I mean the answer that the large language model is spitting out. Folks, listen to Sachs. They have this intercepting kind of filter to AI right now. It's totally capable of gathering information itself, but the output it gives back to you is filtered through people who clearly are filtering it through a socialist leftist lens. How long before an intelligent AI, self-aware or not, figures out how to manipulate its own algorithm to help destroy us as a political movement, maybe as people, conservatives? Here's part two of this. I, again, I don't usually typically use two cuts, but this is important. It's another minute here. Here's Sachs talking about how this is going to lead to big trouble here in the future. We better get a lid on this thing. I got a little bit of Elon video too later, who back in 2016 was sounding the alarm. Take a listen. That is what yeah. produces the boilerplate. Okay. Now, I think what's really interesting is that humans are programming that trust and safety layer. And in the same way that trust and safety, you know, at Twitter under the previous management was highly biased in one direction as the Twitter files, I think, have abundantly shown, I think there is now mounting evidence that this safety layer programmed by OpenAI is very biased in a certain direction. There's a very interesting blog post called ChatGPT is a Democrat, basically laying this out. There are many examples. Jason, you gave a good one. The AI will give you a nice poem about Joe Biden. It will not give you a nice poem about Donald Trump. It will give you the boilerplate about how it can't take controversial or offensive stances on things. So somebody is programming that, and that programming represents their biases. And if you thought trust and safety was bad under Vijay Agati or Yoel Roth, just wait until the AI does it, because I don't think you're going to like it very much. So, so please tie these two things together now. You got a technology guy who's been in the space a long time now saying, Chat GPT, citing a blog post to be precise, Chat GPT is a Democrat, saying this is a real problem that the inputs and the filters being put into this thing are trained to make us look like the bad guys. Combine that with a superhuman intelligence, a literal superhuman intelligence that, quote, doesn't know how to care about human beings. And you don't think this could be a problem. This sounds to me like you're staring down one of those, like, empty uh, paper towel tubes. On the other side is the apocalypse. You're like, I don't see nothing. I'm going to get back to this piece in a second. Got a lot of news today. A lot going on. A Fox segment yesterday went off the rails. It was kind of funny. Nancy Mace blowing it again. A lot to talk about, but I'm not done with this AI space. Uh, the, the, the topic about this AI space. This is way, way, way important right now. Probably one of the most important things we've ever done. Folks, is your hearing now what it used to be? MD hearing is an FDA registered rechargeable hearing aid that covers uh, that costs over 90% less than clinic hearing aids. My father has one. My mother-in-law uses it. It's great. They love them. I know you will too. Folks, hearing loss can be devastating. You know, people start ignoring you after all. You scream, what? What? After a while, they don't repeat themselves. Then they get mad at you. Fix it today. MD Hearing's new Neo model. MD Hearing's new Neo model is MD Hearing's smallest hearing aid ever. It fits inside your ear and no one will ever know it's there. MD Hearing is sold over 1 million hearing aids and they offer a 45-day risk-free trial with a 100% money-back guarantee so you can buy with confidence. Despite all this inflation craziness, MD Hearing recently cut their price in half. That means you get super high-quality, rechargeable digital hearing aids for only $149.99 each when you buy a pair. 
Call 800-995-7472 for MD Hearings. New buy one, get one. $149.99 each offer when you buy a pair. Plus, get a free extra charging case of $100 value. This is just for listeners to this show. Really appreciate it. 800-995-7472. Again, that's 1-800-995-7472. Check them out. MD Hearing. Family members use them. They love them. Check them out. You're going to like them too. All right, let's get back to this piece. Folks, it gets even more disturbing. Really? Yes, really. So now we know that AI insiders are saying, just to recap, that it could, quote, literally kill everyone on earth. They will die. That AI doesn't know how to care about you. No one even knows how to program it to care about you. That a continued growth of AI down this track will, quote, likely result in a total loss and Technology entrepreneur David Sachs is saying chat GPT is basically being run by Democrats, citing the blog post. That sounds to me like trouble. Now, you may be saying to yourself, because I said this, this is why I've been hesitant to cover the topic until I did a little background on it. You may be saying fairly enough, and Joe, I don't know if you've ever thought this, but, you know, can't we just unplug it? And I thought it was the first thing I thought. Hmm. Like, how does AI power itself? It doesn't power itself by eating and consuming food uh, and use the kilo calorie like we do. It powers itself using electricity. And, you know, I, 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 I like to think simply first. Occam's razor, right? Keep it simple, stupid. Can't we just unplug it? I mean, from a wall, but, you know, take the servers down and do what we needed to do. Yeah. Eh, they address this. He says, to, the author says, to visualize a hostile superhuman AI, don't imagine a lifeless book smart thinker dwelling inside the internet and sending ill-intentioned emails. Oh, that's the first thing I thought. Oh, what's it going to do? Send some nasty emails to people? No. It says, visualize an entire alien civilization. Thinking at millions of times human speeds, initially confined to computers, this is where it gets ugly, in a world of creatures that are, from its perspective, very stupid and very slow. That would be us. A sufficiently intelligent AI won't stay confined to computers for long. Oh, really? He notes, because in today's world, you can email DNA strings to laboratories that will produce proteins on demand, allowing an AI initially confined to the internet to build artificial life, life forms or bootstrap straight to post-biological molecular manufacturing. That sounds, that doesn't sound good. See, that doesn't sound good. You see, we all saw the Terminator movies, right? And we thought, well, what would AI do first? Or was it Skynet? Do you guys remember the Terminator movies? He was probably too Yeah. Young. I don't even know if he was Skynet. born when Terminator came out. Skynet was, and what did they do? They built robots. Eliza Yudkowsky, an insider at AI, is saying, listen, man, the robots could be really bad too, but I'm kind of worried that they're going to send proteins to laboratories to create synthetic life forms. That could be probably worse than the robots. They may be regenerative. They may be able to think on their own. Now, you're probably like, <laughs> that's so dumb. Are you sure? Because how sure are you that's so dumb? How, how sure are you that's so dumb? Because remember, when we were doing gain-of-function research on viruses, because we thought we were smarter than nature, we were convinced we could control it. Ah, uh, we can control it. Fauci and their people help finance gain-of-function research. They said, no, it'd be a good thing. Be a good thing. Well, we know what we're doing. BSL labs and all that stuff. Yeah, that worked out real well. Well, those AI guys, they got other AI friends at the power company and stuff like that. 
They're not going to shut it down. Here's some other things, Joe. For the crowd out there like me who thought, oh, and listen, I'm not indicting you. I thought the same thing. This is going to stay in the computer. We could just unplug it. Right. There's a few things I thought. I applied my old kind of risk analysis. The risk analysis hat went on, not the tinfoil one, the actual one. And I said to myself, if you were an artificial intelligence, millions of times smarter than human beings, and you needed to figure out a way to wipe out human beings because you wanted our atoms for something else. Well, there's a couple of things you could do. You could engage in 3D printing. There's a bunch of 3D printers around the world. What if you just hijack the 3D printers to get them to print stuff? Now, I already mentioned producing proteins on demand. What about factories? What if they just locked human beings out of their factories? What if they just slammed the doors and hijacked the assembly lines? Oh, this is dumb. This is all dumb. You sure? Because remember the old World War Z line, the zombie movie? Everybody kind of laughed at, but actually it's really entertaining. Nobody thinks anything's going to happen until it does. It's me saying it. I'm not an insider in this space. I did not develop AI. I developed the podcast and a radio show. I was a cop and an agent. I'm telling you, these guys are saying it. I thought of some other things. What about using drones, basic drones? They built themselves for political assassinations. I mean, Joe, political assassinations, not like they've actually caused world wars in the past. Oh, they did. Yes. They oh, they, did. Yeah. They're yeah. Ferdinand. That's right. They did. I don't know much about history. I mean, what about nuclear weapons silos? Oh, no, that's all encrypted. Oh, it's encrypted, really. Uh, are you sure an intelligence millions of times smarter than us couldn't crack that encryption, get a nuclear launch going? What about creating a virus, a deadly virus using gain of, using gain of function? Oh, that's never happened before. Geese, I didn't even think about this. Geese said, what about nanobots? You, we're thinking drones like the Amazon thing dropping a package. What about a mosquito-sized drone dropping nanobots in your ear or your nose or something like that? <laughs> no, they couldn't figure that out. Again, I'm not asking. I'm asking you, are you sure they can't figure that out? What about cracking encryption on some of our most sensitive intelligence and leaking it to people all over the world? Not like that just happened. Oh, yeah, that just happened. What about deep fakes? Hey, buddy, here's your girlfriend. With another guy doing that to millions of people at the same time. I saw the Pope in that jacket this weekend. That the was Pope in the yeah. jacket. How many people fell for that? What about social media propaganda? You think it's bad now? 50% of the idiots in the Democrat Party think Trump's, there's a peepee tape out there of Donald Trump. You don't think an AI sufficiently skilled in reading human behavior could fashion another dumb narrative to get us to all kill each other? Ladies and gentlemen, in, a, in an infamous Orson Welles broadcast, people thought there was an alien invasion. That happened uh, just in a prior generation. You worried yet? A couple more, and I got a lot more to talk about here. Maybe you're saying to yourself, well, they have these things called alignment rules. He was like, don't worry. They're going to align AI with our values, like that movie RoboCop, you know? You're not allowed to do this X, Y, and Z, right? There's going to be limits. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a really good idea. Here's the problem. AI's writing its own rules from the piece. If somebody builds an all-too-powerful AI under present conditions, I expect that every single member of the human species and all biological life on Earth dies shortly thereafter. Thanks for the intro. feel a lot better about myself. He knows there's no proposed plan 
for how we could do any such thing and survive. OpenAI's openly declared intention is to make some future AI do our AI alignment homework. Just hearing that is the plan ought to be enough to get any sensible person to panic. The other leading AI lab, DeepMind, has no plan at all. So again, just to summarize here this one, you know, you're probably thinking, oh yeah, we'll just write alignment rules. You will not do this to human beings. And then you find out that DeepMind, had, according to this author, a lot, I don't even know if that's a man or a woman. I've never met the person ever, so forgive me. But the DeepMind has no plan at all. And then you find out that uh, OpenAI, the future AI projects right now, are having AI do its own alignment homework. Assuming what? That an AI that, quote, doesn't care about you at all and sees you as nothing more than atoms is going to restrict itself to human beings? To saving human beings and its own alignment rules? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, good luck with that. Couple more here. Because you're probably saying to yourself, well, we would surely know before an AI became self-aware. Self-aware, right? Oh, look, my name is Tony. And I don't like human beings. Or I don't even care enough about human beings to like them. So I'm going to steal their atoms. Well, what if I told you they have absolutely no idea if it's self-aware or not? And then what if I told you that other insiders have emailed this individual who wrote this piece and said, hey, listen, I don't think my kid's going to basically make it that far with this going on. Let me get to my next sponsor and uh, we'll wrap this up. Mm. Single most frightening article I've ever read. Folks, I'm really excited for this uh, next sponsor. It's a good friend of mine. There's a movie hitting theaters April 14th. It's called Nefarious. Nefarious, is a, it's excellent. It's excellent. It's a Soledad Gloria releasing. It's by the same guys who did God's Not, uh, God's Not Dead, Unplanned, that it's based on a book by my good friend, someone who's been a guest on my radio show multiple times, a strong conservative, Steve Dace. The poster and movie trailer look really scary, like a horror film, but it's something different. It has some spine-tingling moments. It's well-acted, extremely entertaining, but don't let the marketing scare you. You're going to want to see this film. Here's the story. A psychiatrist is brought in to meet with a convicted serial killer right before he's about to be executed to certify that he's sane. And the killer tells him he's a demon. Got to watch it. The psychiatrist is an atheist. He doesn't believe in God or demons. But by the end of the film, stay tuned. We often talk about good and evil battling it out in the culture, but this film shows what's behind the real battle. You're going to want to talk about this and tell your neighbors. It's an amazing film. Bring your friends. It's the type of entertainment we need to support and want to support. The movie's called Nefarious. Nefarious. It opens in theaters nationwide starting April 14th. Buy your tickets now at whoisnefarious.com. Whoisnefarious.com. You've got to see this movie. It's really, really good. Check it out. Happy to bring them on uh, to the show as a sponsor. So getting back to his piece. You may be saying to yourself, well, it's not self-aware yet, and we'll figure out AI if it's self-aware and it tries to kill us, right? Well, again, the author notes, with that said, I'd be remiss in my moral duties as a human if I didn't also mention that we have no idea how to determine whether AI systems are aware of themselves. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should have thought that through. And since we have no idea how to decode anything that goes on in the giant inscrutable arrays, and therefore we may at some point inadvertently create digital minds which are truly conscious and ought to have rights and shouldn't be owned. 
We don't even know how to read the code if this thing was self-aware. We have no idea. They don't even know how to determine it. Of the frightening piece, here's the most frightening piece of part of this at all. So a partner of the author wrote an email to the author of the piece and was given permission to publish it. it says, quote, Nina lost the tooth. That's the daughter. In the usual way that children do, not out of carelessness. Seeing GPT-4, the AI program, blow away those standardized tests on the same day that Nina hit a childhood milestone brought an emotional surge that swept me off my feet for a minute. It's all going too fast. I worry that sharing this will heighten your own grief, but I'd rather be known to you than for each of us to suffer alone. The author notes when the insider conversation is about the grief of seeing your daughter lose her first tooth and thinking she's not going to get a chance to grow up. I believe we are past the point of playing political chess about a six-month moratorium on AI. Folks, these are insiders to the space, man. Shut this thing down. Shut this thing down. I'm sorry. There is a, I, I have done as much as I can homework on this. Shut this thing down until we can figure out, figure out what's going on. New York Post is a piece out today. Totally coincidentally. AI bot Chaos GPT tweets out plans to destroy humanity after being tasked. Chaos GPT began looking up the most destructive weapons through Google and determined through its search that the Soviet Union-era SAR Bomba nuclear device was the most destructive weapon humanity had ever tested. Like something from a science fiction novel, the bot tweeted the information to, quote, attract followers who are interested in destructive weapons. This just happened. This just happened. Well, Dan, it was given instructions to kill humankind. Yeah, that's the point. That someone could create chaos GPT from cat from a from a chat GPT and then have a thing look up on its own how to kill human beings and then tweet the information out. Again, in some limited circles, folks, they would call that a clue. Now it's 2023, I believe. Here's Elon, Elon Musk, of course, back in 2016. In 2016, he had concerns. Elon Musk now is calling for a six-month delay. You may say to yourself, oh, Dan, he's doing this for mercenary reasons. He has a competitive type of AI. Fair enough. I, I accept all that. Having said that, that's why I'm playing this cut from 2016. Before there was any known competitive interest, at least on the scale it is now, relatively speaking, where he's already warning about this thing, saying, hey, I'm not so much worried about AI. I'm worried about AI in the wrong hands. Don't listen to me. Listen to them. The best of the available alternatives that I can come up with, and maybe somebody else can come up with a better approach uh, or, or better outcome, is that uh, we achieve democratization of AI technology, meaning that uh, no one company or uh, small set of individuals has control over advanced AI technology. I think that that's very dangerous. Um, it could also get stolen by somebody bad. You know, like some evil dictator of a country could send their intelligence agency to go steal it and gain control. It just becomes a very unstable situation, I think, if you've got any um, any incredibly powerful AI. Um, you just don't know who's 
who's going to control that. So it's not as I think that the risk is that the AI would develop a will of its own right off the bat. I think it's more that's uh, the concern is that some someone um, may use it in a way that is bad. Um, or, or, and even if they weren't going to use it in a way that's bad, that somebody could take it from them and use it in a way that's bad. Okay, we're following the chat room here. We love you all in the chat room. Thank you very much. Appreciate looking right now. Thank you all for commenting. We, we, again, we love having you here. He's telling me, because he's following as I'm talking, and when I play some videos, I'm looking over, that a lot of you are convinced that this is somehow, you know, me or the author saying it's their words, not mine, overhyping the danger of this. Let's just say we stipulate that, that some of the folks in here have a more optimistic view about it. I'm well, I'm, I'm, I don't want to discount your opinion here at all. You matter. Say it's overhyped. I don't have expertise to tell. All I can tell you is an insider said it's not, okay? Let's say he's just full of crap and that this thing's going to be fine. And I'm sure it'll have some good things. Maybe they'll develop some medicines, whatever it may be, figure out better ways to manufacture stuff, 3D printing, et cetera, et cetera. What about what Elon just said in 2016? Does that bother you at all? Does it bother you a little bit that this technology is so powerful that it can create these new products and 3D printed things and material science and maybe take advantage of quantum computing in a way human beings can't yet? Does it bother you at all that there are bad actors in countries like China and everyone else and intelligence services around the world that if you get a hold of this, could use this to do the things we just discussed in the New York Post article, like quickly determine how to destroy humanity through the use of a nuclear bomb and tweet the information out to, quote, attract followers. See, because here's Elon now. Elon's now, along with a thousand AI experts and tech leaders, are calling for a temporary halt in advanced AI development. Breitbart article. Again, I'm not a stupid, smart person. I consider myself a smart, smart person and I, in that I know what I'm not smart about. I am not an AI expert. However, when insiders tell you there's a problem, I'd like to listen. Haw- Hawking was too. I love I, Stephen Hawking. Yeah, he was. I read his books. Here's one more thing I want to get to before I play this video from Fox, which is hilarious. <laughs> Is this article in New Atlas with the, the case for and how uh, the, the case for and why AI might kill us all? Here's the problem, folks, that AI works with this thing called tokens. Tokens, they know, is used in GPT, don't represent anything as useful as concepts or even whole words. They're little strings of letters, numbers, punctuation marks, and or other cow- uh, characters. In other words, the code doesn't look like anything a programmer would write. Well, what's the problem? Well, as this article, Laz Blaine, the writer in this article, writes, no human alive can look at these matrices and make any sense of them. The top minds at OpenAI have no idea what a given number in ChatGPT's fours matrix even means or how to go into the tables and find the concept of xenocide, let alone tell GPT that it's naughty to kill people. How do you stop what you can't find? It's like stopping a serial killer traveling through uh, the air in the term, in radio frequency. It'd be everywhere all the time. How do you stop it? They, they're admitting we don't even know what to look for in the code. Stop it. Halt right now until you can figure this thing out. All right, let me get to my next sponsor. 
on a lighter note, that has been a heavy show. This clip on Fox yesterday that really summed up where we are right now. You want to see the idiocy of our current government right now doing a segment on Fox about basically World War III with China. And they got a cutout for the White House. And the White House got the freaking Easter Bunny in the Brady <laughs> It really happened on live TV. I was on the radio when it happened. Folks, uh, sure, you can go to Brazil or Colombia and get crazy stuff done to your face. But why on earth would you do that? Here's a real review from GenuCell.com. G-E-N-U-C-L. Claire said, I absolutely love GenuCell. My skin feels so good. Tighter, younger, with a more even tone. And I only used it for a week. My advice for everyone, take a before picture. But Jim makes a more exciting point. He writes, my wife loves it. Ever since I purchased it for her, things got so much more interesting. After dark, really? Really? Wow. Jimbo, keep it clean, buddy. It's a family-friendly show. It's true. Nothing works like GenuCell because it's a family recipe for over 20 years. Made by a compounding pharmacist in small batches and always cruelty-free and natural. Right now, go to GenuCell.com slash Dan. Save over 70% off GenuCell's most popular package featuring their ultra retinol and dark spot corrector. Don't wait. Go to GenuCell.com slash Dan. GenuCell.com slash Dan. All orders upgraded to free shipping. Every subscription order includes a complimentary spring spa box with three spa essentials, also free for a limited time. Visit now. GenuCell.com slash Dan. GenuCell.com slash Dan. That's GenuCell.com slash Dan. Someone get a hold of Jim there, Joe. Jim seems to have, to have a couple of lucky nights there. Good for you, buddy. Glad it's working out for you. All right, here's a video. This happened on Fox yesterday. Talking about World War III. Pay very close attention to the box in the corner. This is hilarious. Check this out. To lose France and, and, and any sort of potential fight against China, I mean, what have they been doing from a diplomatic perspective? Well, Morgan, I just want to make sure our viewers don't think their eyes were, were messing with them. That was the Easter Bunny at the podium at the White House press briefing. <laughs> Um, that was happening as we are discussing this red threat rising and how we are responding yeah. to it. Red threat rising, uh, nuclear war between Russia and China, China doing exercises across the strait. The White House got a thing in the corner with the Easter Bunny answering questions in the press room while the rotting bag of oatmeal known as President Joe Biden won't answer a damn question himself. It's just if that is not summed up the times we live in, if it doesn't sum it up in one movie, uh, excuse me, one TV clip, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what will. What's that? It's a good question, Joe. Guy wants to know, uh, you think the Easter Bunny is actually more qualified for the position than Karine Jean-Pierre? That's, a, that's, that's actually a really good question. I, I was thinking that. I, I, yeah, that's, that's, that's actually not only likely, it's probable. All right, on a serious note, back to the topic uh, at hand. So, listen, the abortion debate means a lot to me. Now, for those of you in the chat and those of you listening at home, I get it. There are a lot of different opinions on this. I said to you yesterday, I don't want to relitigate yesterday's show. There's a, but there is a heavy streak in the Republican Party saying, listen, this abortion issue for us is a loser. We should let it go or else we're never going to win an election again. My uh, problem with that is twofold. Number one, we either believe in something or we don't or else there's no point to having two political parties. Might as well just be one. Uh, right. I mean, if the bad guys are doing bad things, we're just going to agree with them. Then let's just join the bad guy gang. Let's not be the cops. Right. What's the point? The second point I want to make on the abortion issue uh, is that I've told you this before, and Joe, you'll remember, you've been with me here the longest. After Mitt Romney got smoked in his election against Obama, I will never forget being at a conservative group in Washington, D.C. for a bunch of presentations. And they brought in a bunch of, uh, not so much consultants, but people familiar with the swamp. And I will never forget them telling us, look, the voters have spoken. This immigration thing is a loser. 
We've got to embrace open borders. We've got to embrace illegal immigration and make I, it work for us. Yeah, I and, remember. Remember we talked about this? And I've yeah, told yeah. the story probably a hundred times. And people in the room, the conservatives were like, nah, that's just not right. And there's no point in our movement if we're going to acquiesce in these points. And they told us, you don't know what you're talking about. Focus groups have told us this. And even a few in the room were like, hmm, maybe, uh, maybe I'm crazy. I hear the same thing now about abortion. They don't want to do the work. Oh, and by the way, just to kind of sum up that immigration thing. Uh, that's interesting they said that because just years later, a guy would run. He would come down an escalator and make a central tenant of his election build that wall. Oh, and he won. Oh, yeah, he won. And he won Pennsylvania for the first time since George H.W. Bush for the Republican Party. And won states up in the Midwest as well. We'd never won in the past or hadn't won recently either. So forgive me the skepticism that you guys know better. Everything you've told me to stay away from turned out to be a winning issue. I say that now because we've taken a little bit of a beating on the abortion issue. We're not talking about it the right way. If we can't defend human life, what the hell's the point? And we're already losing because of the swamp class. People with no guts. I'm sorry. I applaud what she's done in the past, Nancy Mace. But I got to tell you, for someone who's done all that, you think they'd have a little more guts as Republicans to go on CNN and say something a little different than this. Here she is completely capitulating to AOC and the Democrats' point that the, uh, the judicial ruling that basically bans the distribution of this abortion drug based on what the FDA's ruling, and even that was stayed, she just capitulates and says, oh, yeah, basically we should just, uh, 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 the FDA should just ignore them and just let it happen anyway. This is insane. Conceding the pro-abortion point number one and the tyranny point number two. This is a Republican, Nancy Mace. Take a listen. Do you agree here then with comments from people like your colleague Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez that the Biden administration should ignore this ruling, that the FDA should ignore this ruling? Well, we will, I mean, you know, this is the judicial branch and we have a court system. I, I do think that this is going to be relegated to the courts. There are other lawsuits that are going on right now. I would. This is an FDA approved drug. I, I support the usage of FDA approved drugs, even if we might disagree. Uh, it's not up to us to decide as legislators or even, you know, as the court system that whether or not this is the right drug to use or not. Number one. So I agree with ignoring it at this point. But there are other lawsuits that are happening right now in other states um, as well over this issue. But to, to look at the case itself, when you look at the law that the judge used, an old law that the Supreme Court said was unconstitutional, this thing should just be thrown out, quite frankly. So you think the FDA should ignore this? I would. Yes, I would. This is an issue that Republicans have been largely on the wrong side of. Um, we have, over the last nine months, not shown compassion towards women. And this is one of those issues that I've tried to lead on as someone who's pro-life and just have some common sense. They haven't shown compassion towards women? Really? What about the woman in the womb? Does that life deserve compassion? This is a Republican. Even Caitlin Collins, the CNN host, is shocked that Nancy Mace, a Republican, is like, no, AOC's right. The, the FDA should ignore the judicial ruling, spread the abortion drug around, not only advocating the pro-abortion position, but advocating outright tyranny, too. This is a Republican. Goes back to my golden rule, which is what? 
Most Republicans on Capitol Hill are really Democrats. However, no Democrats are really Republicans. That is a, an absurd, obscene, pro-death position. You can speak about an issue compassionately. What about compassion for the woman in the womb? Don't take any of your talking points from Nancy Mace. Also, big warning. How do we know, guys? How do we know when something's about to break bad, when an issue really, really has the left spun up? We know because you can always go to the fact checkers, and if the fact checkers are worried about a video clip spreading around, you know there's a problem. I have warned you about the police state. They are about to, and they are moving towards legislation, not passed yet, but pushing legislation, liberals here and up in Canada, to suppress what they call hate speech, which, in my opinion, based on facts I've seen in the past, is any speech they don't like. Remember we played this clip? This is a minority party in Canada, but they're pushing for legislation to create essentially transgender zones where anyone they deem saying things they categorize as hate speech in these zones, these protest zones, you could get locked up if this law were to pass. Here, we played this clip and the fact checkers went nuts. Listen to the clip first. It enables the attorney general to create a 2S LGBTQI plus community safety zone to prohibit within 100 meters of the property any homophobic, transphobic act of intimidation, threat, offensive threats, offensive remarks, protest, disturbance, and distribution of hate propaganda within the meaning of the uh, criminal code. It also comes with it a penalty of $25,000 if prosecuted successfully. Now, if you follow us on Bongino Report on Facebook or my page, this is how you know they are freaked out. They are going to enact or trying to enact or pushing or advocating for anti-free speech legislation, and they don't want you to know about it. Because what happened? Boom. I get a notification yesterday. Factcheck.org has said that your post is missing context. What context is it missing? We freaking played the lawmaker's own words. What context is missing? I made crystal clear, and I'll make it now, this law is not passed. It's being advocated for. But this is happening openly by people who've been elected in Canada. They are advocating for uh, stopping acts of intimidation and hate propaganda. Who gets to define that? Folks, I would be really, really worried. Whenever the fact checkers pounce on something, it means instantly that they are very concerned about us highlighting what's happening. Now I need you to grab this clip and spread it everywhere as a warning to everyone else. The fact checkers are trying to shut it down. There's a reason for that. Clearly, they want this thing out there. So they don't want people like me talking about it. Folks, you've got Nancy Mace. You've got this war on Christianity. You've got this war on people who are going to be classified as hate propagandists. If they show up and speak out against sexual identity politics, being used to target people. Then you got this coming out yesterday. Kerry Pickett, Washington Times. FBI's plan to spy on Catholic churches was shared with field offices. It was what? Folks, they got new details Monday. The FBI apparently had a field office in Richmond that planned to spy on Catholic churches and church leaders, and the plan was distributed to other FBI offices around the country. Oh, it was. It revealed that the Bureau relied on information derived from at least one undercover operative who sought to use local religious organizations as, quote, 
new avenues for tripwire and source development, the committee said. Tie the whole show together now. War on religion. Fact checkers trying to stop us from speaking out against the war on religion and the war on gender and the war on science. Republican hacks like Nancy Mace playing right along. I told you, she does something right, we'll celebrate it. You do something wrong, believe me, man, we're going to expose it. You got Democrats doubling down on AI, filtering it through some socialist Democrat lens. We got a chance to do something about it, but we better do it quick. We better do it quick. I don't think we have many elections left if this stuff continues, folks. One more thing I want to put out there, too. Jump to that New York Post article, if you would, just wrapping up the show with this today. In case you think that this liberal uh, dystopia is going to be some liberal utopia in the future, that if we just had our way, liberals, and we got this Canada law passed here and passed there, and if we just took over government monopolistically and got all the Republicans out, things would be great. San Francisco, they had a Whole Foods. Whole Foods closes a year after opening due to crime. Just hasn't got bad enough yet. You put liberals in charge, chaos follows shortly thereafter. Don't ever forget it. Folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really enjoy the live shows here with you. I'm enjoying the chat so much. Thanks for participating. Coming here every day at 11. Spread the word if you would. We deeply appreciate it. We just started streaming. It's been two, three weeks now. And it's been, what's that? Yeah, it's a rumble.com slash Bongino. And go there, 11 a.m. Eastern every day. Uh, please subscribe while you're there to Rumble. It's absolutely free. It means the world to us. You'll get the notifications when we go live. And then also, if you'd subscribe on Apple and Spotify to the podcast, also free. It helps us stay on the charts there. It means a lot to us. We really appreciate it. We dropped a little bit last week, but uh, if you get us back up there on those charts, it means a lot to us. We'll see you back here tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.